0: Hey guys welcome back to another episode of jake the dingus as always be sure to give us a like and follow you can find us on twitter and instagram at jake dingus show no stream today because fuck technology but a very special guest uh coming as live the jury room podcast how we
1: doing i'm good man thanks for having me i'm really excited to be here my name is kevin and as you said yep. i'm the host of the jury room podcast it's a true crime podcast single narrative single host narrative podcast just kind of deep diving into serial killers uh missing persons unexplained pretty much everything anything anything and everything true crime i totally fucked that up but hey come listen to me because that's not what i do on my show
0: yeah no it's good and i I did i was listening through you know like since we set up the invite which was a while ago so like periodically you know been listening to some new episodes when you come out and um be sure uh, be sure to plug your social media for everyone. Make sure that they can sure. know where to find you. At.
1: So my social media, if you want to find me on social media, most places is going to be at Jerry room podcast. If you want to listen to my podcast, I am on pretty much every podcasting platform, especially wherever you're listening to this, except for YouTube. Um, and that's the jury room podcast. A true crime podcast is where you can find my podcast.
0: Yeah, right on, right on. So we've been talking to a bunch of indie podcast creator, but this is actually the first time that I can think of that we've had any true crime Mm -hmm. person on. So got a bunch of questions I want to get to, but I think I'm going to start with, do you feel, what do you think is the draw, especially in the podcasting community to true crime? Because it is, and I think there was just a USA Today poll, and I think it was a true crime podcast one for like best overall podcast of the year.
1: So what do you what do I think my draw why do I think people are drawn to true crime? Yeah, it's like
0: as far yeah in the in the creative space, why do you think why do you think true crime translates so well to a podcast format?
1: I think true crime itself as a genre, not just for podcasting, but true crime in and itself is very well received. A lot of people are fascinated by what makes serial killers tick, what makes people do the fucked up things that they do. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm no different. I, I love true crime. I consume a lot of it, whether it be podcast documentaries, uh, you, you name it, investigate discovery, all of it. I, I love it all. And it's one of those things that in the podcasting space, I think it's the most relatable. I think it's easy for For people to relate and to find your content and to be able to digest it and, and share it. I think it's just one of those things that it's so there's such a broad, a broad spectrum of people that listen to it from 18 to, you know, 90 years old there. You're going to find a listener somewhere. Mm -hmm. And usually depending on where you're where you fall as far as like your age and your demographic it's usually the opposite so like my demographic is 30 to 45 year old females like to listen to me and i i think it's probably because of my voice because it's that male voice type thing and it's not like uh i don't mean that in like uh you got that like a gender role you got that
0: sexy man voice let me tell you about how you're gonna die
1: baby but but it's 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 hard to because you 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 bring up a good a a very valid point right there right like i'm excited when i talk about true crime and that sounds Mm. fucked up right like how how can (laughs) you say that you're excited about it but it's my like i'm passionate about it i'm Mm. fascinated by it it's something that i enjoy and it's something that I like to be able to tell the victim's story. That's the other mm-hmm. thing, too, is it's not about just the the serial killer or the person doing the killing. It's about being able to tell the victim's story, right? Yeah. And so yeah. even though you talk about it, you got to keep in mind that this was the worst, that person's worst day. Whoever died, whoever was mm-hmm. hurt, whoever was assaulted, whatever whatever happened, whatever crime was committed against them, it's the worst day of their lives, and you have to be very mindful of that. hmm And you
0: brought up a couple, a couple really good points there. One that I I wanted to mention, like you talked about how it relates in the like, especially podcast about media in general, as far as true crime, like digestible and digestibility is a big thing. So I think, especially for true crime, it's maybe we're not conditioned to take it in, but it's really easy to kind of. It's exciting and it it clicks a lot of boxes as far as you know. I don't, yeah, I guess entertainment motivation, like as morbid as it is morbid curiosity, you know, I think people are kind of fascinated by that. So
2: I think, and, and the fascination of it, like we're like 99.9% of people aren't going to get murdered by a serial killer or we're not going to be the victim of a terrible crime. And it's, it's that like, it's almost like when you have anxiety and it's like, okay, I I'm not having a heart attack, even though I feel like I am. It's like, you're going through what that person went through. Yeah
0: like a like a vicariousness you know you can put yourself in that shoes and i think to a degree sometimes what i found in talking with other people especially the big one was when all like the ted bundy documentaries came out like not that long ago it was especially in such a sick sense like how almost relatable especially like ted bundy appeared in a lot of the media and i kind of find myself reminded like hey like he raped and murdered a shit ton of people this is not a cool dude and you shouldn't be like oh yeah i want it like he's so cool and hot and awesome like so so it's funny
1: that you bring up ted bundy so i i can't speak for all podcasters but for myself i will never cover ted bundy i don't like how glorified he has been in the media i don't like the fact that he is this They've put him on a pedestal, you he's, know. He's, and he's like
0: the fuck boy of serial killers,
1: right? And it's fucking disgusting that people are doing that. Like he hurt a lot of people, and mm-hmm. he w- was on the run for a very long time, and he had a very, you know, long active streak. And I think it's just gross that people are like, "Oh my god, he's so hot, I'd fuck him." And it's like, mm-hmm. dude, that's gross. It, like that's. It's just... like yeah,
0: no, he uh, he definitely he'll fuck you probably.
1: <laughs> exactly and he, that's he's just, mad dead. he's
0: he's been mad dead yeah. for, for right. a minute now um and another thing like you talked about like telling telling the stories and looking at like victim perspective there was it was an episode you actually had kind of two points here you had a guest on it was one of it was um oh it's the uh-huh. aftermath you, you had an mm-hmm. interview with a it was a former criminal prosecutor uh um, I can't remember the woman's name, but she was talking about like, oh, like this is my experience. Oh, how to uh, that's not Lynette.
1: That's Lynette from How to Spot a Killer, and she came on for fuck if I can't remember the name of it. But she had a very interesting perspective, and I actually I really enjoyed that. I enjoy all my guests, but her view as a prosecutor was something that you know you don't realize what mm-hmm. the victims' families go through. Because you're you're always like, well, why can't you get this? Why can't you get them for all the crimes, right? And she brought a, a different perspective to try to, you know, teach people like, this is why they do the things that they do. And I I, I felt that that was a very, a very great perspective on her part.
2: So yep. it'd be an interesting question to ask her. Now, I'll be candid; I didn't listen to the the episode, so it may have been talked about. But you talked about like what the families go through. Like I couldn't imagine being a family member of someone murdered sitting in the courtroom, having to listen to the retelling over and over again of what happened to whomever it was to me
1: like that. Yeah. That wasn't a perspective that we did talk about, but it is, I know it's hard. I mean, it's gotta be difficult, right? mm -hmm. Just to imagine hearing over and over again, whatever happened to your loved one can't be, Pleasant. I mean, I I, I yeah. don't imagine having defense say No, that. no,
2: that didn't happen. Yeah,
1: right. Oh no, you're that witness is crazy. Or right, yeah. Are you sure? You know, and they, and that's the that's the unfortunate part with our legal system is that it's not. Yes, evidence matters, but it's whoever puts on the best show. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunately yeah. and, that's whatever. And really,
0: when it comes to do down this. to as far as legality of it, like you have to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this person did that so that's a a classic if you want to talk about probably the most classic true crime example in the past 30 years has to be the oj trial like i mean for all of us like we all in some aspect either remember it or have seen things since then about it like oj simpson a hundred percent murdered two people
2: but there's a conspiracy that it was his son that did it
0: yeah just he's okay, so <laughs> I'm a conspiracy so guy. yeah, full disclosure um one of us spends too much time on reddit and 4chan, and <laughs> likes to ingest his news in that
2: regard, and
1: well, what about I'm, Casey Anthony? That's another I mean, trial where yeah, she oh,
2: where she was I don't know how she was innocent like how right. how do you not find her not guilty, right? How did you find her not guilty? You that's mean, how do you what. Not find that's her what guilty? he meant. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that's uh, like that's that's clear cut. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That was. Yeah. See, the problem the is, is, is go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you. The, go.
1: the prosecution they went for murder one on Casey Anthony instead of going for manslaughter and homicide, mm. and so when they went for murder one they didn't have enough evidence to prove murder one. Right. How do you, so that's how she was found not guilty. Well, and and Uh, as as a
2: prosecutor going into it, like how, how do you not know that you have enough evidence for a specific?
0: Yeah. And I think the most like recent example, I guess, to carry your point, um, the Kyle Rittenhouse thing, like that was, you probably could have got him on manslaughter, Mm -hmm. but they're like, no, they were going what it was i don't know what uh, they were going for murder murder 3 i mean it was it was a significant charge, charge they were trying to right. get him for i'm like look if you put three counts of manslaughter on him like he's 100% guilty or at least like you get a counter yeah two. negligent fire i mean you can you can build a compound case there right but they're like no he went there and he meant to kill people mm-hmm. like mm, Meh, he did but we're not going to charge
1: him with right yeah
2: yeah so i i do have to say i'm i i was excited for this episode so my wife is living vicariously through me right now um <laughs> even though she's not here that is the my, my wife is the
0: scariest proposition I, i've heard in my she life she is brother. a
2: huge true crime oh yeah nerd it, i guess it gets her
0: preggo <laughs> pussy wet
2: she's a giant murderino um what'd you say a murderino pardon big fan of my favorite murder oh okay yeah continue yeah um so she she has a, a few that she sent me that that we she wants us to talk about um, okay oh. and then i had one that that a colleague of mine wants to make sure we talk about here so if if it's all right with you can we just dive right in hey brother you run it all right this is your time i'll just you know so i'll make i'll make the the uh i don't know where i was going with that okay um so the first one and and she's always mad that They won't cover it on My Favorite murders, the Toolbox Killer.
1: He's a sicko.
2: It's wild. Like, rape, torture, murder. Rape, torture,
1: murder, gross.
2: I might be combining two different ones together, but I think he was the one that had, like, was like a, a trailer on his property or whatever that he had built a torture room and like the chair was electrified he had tools that were for his pleasure to see pain done to others and are you sure this isn't the guy that just lives in like titusville or something i'm 100 percent sure no i mean it's, it's you're talking I, about I, the
1: guy I, from um new mexico right
2: uh so it was lawrence sigmund bideker and roy lewis norris they always have three names were the the toolbox killers. Born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Born in Pittsburgh. They did all the killings in in California though. California. How about
0: about Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Yeah, Pittsburgh.
2: Nothing but psychos in western PA. So there was five known victims um, spanning from June to October of 79. Apprehended in November of 79.
0: Oh, you want to talk about a hot boy there. Look at him. Holy cow.
2: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> really, dude. whatever but i mean do you know have you have you ever kind of dug into
1: i have not dug into these guys yet um i have a whole list of cases that i want to cover and i'm not afraid to cover like these mm-hmm. these grittier ones uh so it's definitely on my list because i know it's been requested i've had several people ask me to cover it uh, but I do know of it. I have heard of it, but I don't know like extreme details of it yet.
2: Okay. Um, we'll move to the next one then. Or, uh, Israel Keys.
1: Uh, so so some friends of mine actually just covered Israel Keys again. I haven't covered him, but he okay. is another one that is psychic or psychic. It <laughs> is not I what mean, I mean, I he could be. I yeah, never know. Sure. Um, no, he is a complete psychopath and he yep. was another one of those ones that just was starved for control. He yep. just wanted to control every aspect of, of, of another human being. And he, I know he had several captives where he, you know, he, he kept people captive mm-hmm. for a while. So he's another one of those ones that are just downright, just disgusting. And he had a very long span of time he's, of being active,
2: yeah. He's he, uh, so the the kid I work with was talking about him, and he said he's probably the most prolific serial killer in the U.S. So he actually was in our neck of the woods for a while, and right then up. you know headed headed elsewhere. But um, he was listening to a podcast where this guy was um, doing Freedom of Information Act requests to the FBI about him, and they were getting denied. So there's like there's still stuff that the FBI won't release about this this guy and it's like how much like and there's overlap of of other deaths where they think it could be someone else but he was in the same place at the same time and it's like it might be him having done all of this stuff and like you said like complete control freak just disgusting um yeah fucked up
1: fucked up Uh, yeah he's he's a piece of work piece of something so the third
2: one (laughs) The third one was the West Memphis Three.
1: So I haven't covered that one, but I do know about that. Thank you to Mind Hunter, right? No, yeah. that's not the one I'm talking about. I'm thinking about those sixteen kids that that died. It's those guys, right?
2: So the West Memphis Three—they were three kids. It, it was in the '80s. So great HBO documentaries. Um, there are three of them. Ironically, <laughs> it follows the funny. right. So it's, it's the original case, then a check-in and then when they were released, so they had to do, I think it's called the Brady plea where they say they're guilty, but they say I, I plead guilty, but I did not do this. And then they get to be released from prison. Um, but they were accused of raping and killing two boys or three boys. Um, in West Memphis and there was almost no evidence that stacked up to show that they did this but because they were the heavy metal kids and were goth and were black and everything and listened to Slayer and Metallica they were targeted as the three that did this so later in the documentary um, it kind of points to actually one of the stepfathers of the kids who would have done it hmm. but I, I believe he died, so there's obviously no way that he can, you know, be be yeah. tried at this point. But you can't take a dead man prison. Yeah, but I mean, it's like it was, it was, it was wild to see how they could have thought these kids did this. Like they were, they were drained of their blood somewhere else, and then placed in the woods. Ligature marks. I mean, genitals cut off, and they're seven, eight year old kids that were killed. I mean, it's, it's, that that is pretty, it's completely fucked.
1: Oh my God, this guy don't know mute that part. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but that's again, that's a situation, right? Where in the, the judicial system where because these kids are a little bit different or they're Mm -hmm. a little bit off, they've now been branded as, you know, potential killers when there really isn't evidence, but the prosecution put on a, Grand enough show to make it to look like they were the ones who did it. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah, you can be made to be looked to do something if they have the right pieces, unless there's no, you know, there's no proof to put you somewhere else. They can make it look like you were there and you did it.
0: Well, and I was gonna say, like making of a murderer kind (coughs) of like, do you want to talk about like that's, and I don't know where that has shaken out since then, but I mean, if you look at it at least how it was presented it's kind of like oh they just they just picked that guy
2: to do it you know
1: like they drew a name out of a hat type of yeah shit. like
2: and this right. one oh okay. well, yeah and, and like i think with the west memphis three it's like you're in the bible belt you're in the midst of the satanic panic yeah right. it's like there's your easy target for sure right. um the last one that that my wife had brought up was the oh, so your wife's the co-host of the show now she is hmm. Let me. She, she definitely she, didn't she, kick us out of our so studio space. Hmm. <laughs> let me pull up. Let me pull it up here. Um, the East Area Rapist and uh, slash the original Night Stalker finally being caught, and she said how exhilarating it would have been to be a part in solving it or any long term big serial killer case. Hey man, your wife's weird as fuck.
1: No, I, she You're could right. kill
2: me and get off scot free if she wanted.
1: to. What was his name?
2: um
1: his the actual name because i did a an episode on richard ramirez but i don't think that's who you're talking about he was
2: he was the famous night stalker right uh joseph james d'angelo jr i actually
1: i'm pretty i'm like 99 sure i'm working on an episode on him right now
2: okay so apparently he was just caught um 12 life sentences plus eight years yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just to make the math even. Or what or you're, like, so so what you're saying
1: is he's not gonna get out anytime soon.
0: No, I don't think he's he's old from what it looks right. like. <laughs> right.
1: He's old. But yeah.
0: right. I guess I, like they kind of see that in like some sentencing. Like you catch an old ass dude that did a bunch of fucked up shit. They're like, well, we're gonna dunk on you as far as the sentencing. And they're like, hey, man, I'm 68 years old. I like, can give me all the life
2: sentences you want to. It doesn't matter.
1: Well that's like the the Golden State Killer. He was So that's what? who
2: this is. That's who this is. The Golden State Killer. Uh um, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, he so was I,
1: caught by um ancestry.com DNA basically. Yes. Right. And but he he
2: was former law enforcement too, I think.
1: Correct. Yeah, he was a police officer for he had a very long span too cuz he started way way early on in his career and then he went dormant obviously he stopped Mm -hmm. killing but yeah he he's another one that he's not a good person he's gross and to definitely took advantage of the fact that he was law enforcement Mm -hmm.
0: yeah that's like you actually bring up like a good point there and i guess it's maybe like true crime adjacent i guess it's kind of a I don't know, like a societal thing. So one of my favorite books of all time is called Pimp. It's by Iceberg Slim. I don't know if you're... No, I've never heard of it, but that's fine. uh, So it's a first-person account of a pimp, Iceberg Slim, and he was a pimp in the Midwest in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Right. And in a lot of the chapters, you talk about, like, how like, fucked up law enforcement would be, you know, as far as, like, beating the shit out of and, like, raping hookers and stuff and they would just you know didn't matter like they just kind of fucking do it
1: well if you look at like speaking like like of law enforcement corruption i mean look at the nypd during the 70s and 80s right during summer sam for sure and you know or the lapd
0: in the the 90s 90s, uh
1: it's not out of the realm of possibility that you know, and I'm not saying all all of these people, all true crime people, whatever, they're they're innocent, right? But there's a lot of people that are in prisons that are innocent who right. did not commit the crime. But because of the mere fact of, oh, you wear a badge, that all of a sudden it makes them innocent. And that's the that's the unfortunate part.
2: So was there was there something that got you into true crime specifically? You got it. You go there, you got the right one.
1: Sure. so okay. my earliest memories of true crime or you know watching this kind of stuff you know digesting it was be i remember seeing like the Menendez brother stuff on tv mm-hmm. back when i was a kid and then also what really got me though was um John bonnet ramsey <clears throat> back yeah. in the 90s yeah. when she was uh when she was killed that, i don't know why yeah, ever I mean, since then that was
0: like all i mean all over the the tabloids i mean do you still see it on... T- like, if you go to a grocery store now, do you still see once in a while, like, right. John Benet Ramsey shit?
1: Right. Yeah, that's kind of one of the ones that cemented it for me. And then, like, Unsolved Mysteries. I used to love watching Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. Uh, America's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. So those so, are yeah, you know, those-
0: I loved America's Most Wanted. It'd be on Fox. That was my shit. Come on after Simpsons.
1: Oh, yeah. On Saturday night? Hell yeah. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. I really uh but that's kind of what it cemented it for me and then as i got older and i you know moved out and got cable and stuff then i started watching like investigate discovery and Mm -hmm. and all that and and it just kind of has grown since then
0: yeah we got a rich guy in our program i got cable
1: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't say i paid for it i said there we go
0: i'm committing true crime right now for my neighbors
2: (laughs) so is there do you i guess so do you prefer Kind of the serial killer side of things, or is there a different part of true crime that you? I offenses?
1: I do I like I like serial killers I like the and it sounds so fucked up saying it like this but I and like I love the, serial killers they're my shit right, though. right right like I love I love I really like the the, the grittiness of it it's the mm-hmm. fascination I I'm very analytical when it comes to just how I digest in the information. And so it's always that why, why are you like this? Like what made you do this? And there's a lot of, uh, not all of them, but there are some of them that have had traumatic histories and it's not a matter of, Oh, the,
0: the vast majority, if we're going to be, but, but there
1: are a lot of them that haven't, right. They're Mm -hmm. just fucked up. Like they just, they're just fucked up people.
0: Yeah. Yes. That pathology,
1: (laughs) but it's just, that trying to understand of what drove them there what causes them to do this and it's just it's fascinating i don't like cases that are that are unsolved but at the same time talking about those unsolved cases help bring attention to it and then that way you know to the potential of being solved Mm
0: -hmm. yeah so here's a thing and I, i was trying to figure out a way to like work it in here somehow but why does every, like, shooter or serial killer or big crime committer have three names? Like, wh- what do we got? <laughs> it's all of them. It's, you know, John Wilkes Booth, John Wayne Gacy, BTK. Well, that's...
1: Oh, no, uh, what about I, no, uh, I, yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer? That's not Good three names.
2: names. Ted Bundy's only two
0: names. Listen, there's enough of them fucking out there. Jesus. <laughs>
1: That I don't know. That I, I mean, that's a good question. What Maybe was, you should take put um, it was, on the poll. What was
0: the Kennedy guy?
1: Yeah, three oh, names.
2: Yeah, it, I can see uh, him. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Oswald. Lee Harvey. Oswald. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. So another another interesting serial killer to me. Um, and he I forget who he partnered with now. There was a really good movie about the partner, but Otis Tool. He was he was the one that actually killed uh, what's his face's kid from
1: Oh America's What's oh, Wanted.
2: Loved. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or it's assumed he did. I've got to look up who his his guy was that they, they ended up. I bet he
1: only had two names. He, he mm. two names. We're about to see it.
2: <laughs> well Otis only had two names. Oh Otis Elwood Tool. Oh. Oh, ha, 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 ha.
0: Yes, well, I them.
1: mean, let's just say hypothetically, you have three names, right? I have nine. So, does that make you a serial, a serial killer? I'm the most three, serial though.
2: Of, of, yeah.
1: So, I'm oh, okay. Serial so. killer
2: to the third power. So, Otis, Otis Tool was uh, Henry Lee Lucas's partner.
0: Henry Lee Lucas.
2: <laughs> so, another just fucked up serial killer. <laughs> so I okay, so sorry, i'm 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 just googling things at this point. Um, so is is no, there', there some other shit to
0: talk to our guests about.
2: Well, is is there a a serial killer or a murder that you are? I get most infatuated by I, I, it's hard to ask that without like do you love the most or you know what right. I
1: mean right and so I who do you I have a poster of on it, your but, wall right uh, Ted Bundy for sure that's exactly who I have on my wall right now um, especially Zach Braff mm. right um, it's funny because I always when I have guests on it and I say the same thing oh my god I get excited I, and generally not always but most of the time I have other true crime podcasters so they understand where I'm coming mm. from they get it they feel that same passion, whatever. But I always say, you know, oh my god, I can't believe I'm saying this it makes me excited. But anyways, to answer your question is probably Ed Kemper. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever done any Very actual research in, Research. research on my birthday. Right. On, on oh the well, actual, happy birthday. The,
2: the, yeah, the date. Well, the the month and date, not the year. He's significantly older. S- really unique fellow. Uh super smart. You said fellow, right. really weird. Um, fellow killed his grandmother and grandparents raped her skull. actually. Well, grandparents raped her skull. Right. He killed the sorority house too, right?
1: No, so that was no. Richard Speck. Oh, okay, uh, the, okay. the nurses, right? You're talking about the nurses. That's Speck. yes. Okay, yeah. So Ed Kemper was the co-ed killer. He yes. Uh, he killed a bunch of people in California, and he would dismember their bodies out into the desert and stuff like mm-hmm. that. He ended up killing his mom and raping her skull and killing her mom's friend that's when he stopped killing that was just the last time that, yeah. that he killed i know it's fucked up right but he's a fascinating human being the just because he's so
0: skull, really
1: yeah. The yeah throat. he uh, acts yeah. yeah i
0: was saying, like just a dismembered yeah. skull it's like i don't know what's well, the head it, yeah. it wasn't just the, it's it was like the can whole... you rape a shoebox like I don't know.
2: but you no know, i mean he he is he is infatuating, like he, it, it's weird. I'll stop saying infatuated. No, so, it's just, it's, it's like, it's true. He's such a unique person, yeah. Like, because he's he, I don't know the guy, but like, I, I watched uh, there was well, that, well, he se- got a birthday, don't you? There was that series on Netflix, uh, um, it Hunter. was re- Mine so good, and they right. followed him a lot in it. And he just seems like this gentle giant for the most part, Except but it's like raping and killing, exactly. and I think his mom abused the shit out of him when he was a No, kid. His, his mom
1: his... really fucked him up. And that's where yeah. that, that. So Ed Kemper is one of those few serial killers that I actually felt empathy for when I covered mm-hmm. him um, because growing up, his mother abused the shit out of him. She was very abusive. She hated men and she took it out on him. And now I felt empathy up for for him up to the point to where he started killing. So let me just put, as soon as he started yeah. killing, that empathy was gone. But that, just that, just that what he went through as a child, like I, there were a lot of parallels in my life. And obviously I'm not killing people, but you know what I mean? There were parallels in my life that just made it relatable to where I felt sorry for the guy. His wife didn't want him playing with, dolls because it would make him gay. His mom would call him gay. His mom would lock him in the basement. I mean, do all kinds of just terrible shit to him. And that's why, like when he killed his mom, the urge to kill went away because that was the that was what he was chasing, mm-hmm. was trying to get rid of that that feeling. And once he killed his mom, he he pretty much said, you know, that was it. Like I'm done.
2: Yeah.
1: And so he's a mindhunter they did a really good job portraying that character uh, you know uh, who ed kemper was but the, there's a bunch of youtube videos of him out there of interviews that he's done and he's he's extremely smart he's an, mm-hmm. a, highly intelligent yeah that's a,
2: they they go into that in mindhunter a bit where um i i, I know holden was the the younger guy I forget the the other detective uh, bill tench yeah I just and talked.
1: It, I just went on another podcast talking about the show. So okay. That's why it's, yeah. That's why.
2: Yeah. And he's like, he's he's playing you. Like he, you're you're coming, bringing, you know, pizza and cigarettes and whatever. Like he's he's just telling you what you want to hear. Right. And then like eventually it it goes farther to where like they actually can get some stuff out of him. But it's like, like he was just such a smart person that he knows how to play everyone like a fiddle. Like he could read you in in 10 seconds.
0: And it's not so much. You look at intelligence. It's not really true intelligence. It's actually like, and as far as a pathological, so I've spent a long time. I mean, he's got true
2: intelligence too.
0: I, I I've spent a long time in community mental health. And the big characteristic of the vast majority of serial killers is antisocial personality disorder. Right. It's what you call like a sociopath, mm-hmm. but essentially what they do is they can mimic emotion. Right. But they, and it's really kind of, cause I have, I've had a couple clientele I've worked with that have had antisocial personality disorder. And you can tell if you have like a trained eye, like they are looking at you no different than they look at a chair or like, you're just an object but they know, like, oh, well, I'm different, but I need to, like, appease this robotic thing that's talking to me. It's, like, it's really, right. especially being, I don't know, like, most people haven't been in that environment when you're around someone that has, like, a really deep-seated personality disorder. But it is probably the most unsettling thing to be in a room with someone like that. Because oh, it, I- it's, like, sucks the air out of the environment
1: i can imagine because you know that just that mere fact that somebody has been able to train themselves to mimic you know what i mean that those the facial expressions and
0: you're watching no there's nothing there you're watching someone act and like you can tell they're acting and the thing is like most of them are the good ones are really really good at it right but it's like it's almost when you're watching a show like you can tell they're acting you know but the really good ones you're like damn Mm -hmm. like that's good Mm. so I guess on changing gears a little bit what is if you have one the craziest call it true crime story that you've been a part of personally no names and you know make sure statue of limitations Mm -hmm. is out on some of the shit but I'd like to hear some personal anecdotes if you have any like shit you've seen firsthand or you're like oh this is the wildest like shit or like someone from my town or what has happened to you or about you personally has been like, Oh, this is like big shit.
1: Right. So, so I actually just covered it, but uh, uh, Jared Lee Lautner from Tucson, Arizona, that's where I was born and raised at. And I live actually lived in Tucson at the time when it happened. Now I was on the opposite side of town, but it, it affected the community that I lived in But on a more personal level, which I hardly even remember names, but I used to be friends with this guy when I was probably 18, 19. He was a little bit older than me, though. He was like 10 years older than me. And when I like the crowd that I was running in at the time, I kind of got away from them. I grew up, whatever. And I talked to my ex one time and she's like, hey do you remember so-and-so? And And I was like, yeah. And he, she's like, he's in prison. And I'm like, what? I'm like, why? And so apparently him and his buddy were out smoking. He got really bad into meth and drugs and shit. After we were friends and him and his buddy were out in the, um, the woods, the desert, I guess, basically, Uh um, sleeping with one of my ex's friends and, they said it was consensual rough sex and ended Mm. up choking her out and killing her and she her body into like a bush or some shit and then drove away it doesn't
0: really matter if it's consensual
1: (laughs) right so hey
0: you fucked up my (laughs) guy
1: right so he ended up getting um Fuck! What, what what was the charge manslaughter i think he ended up getting negligent manslaughter or neg- negligent homicide or something like that i haven't done any i haven't looked it up in a long time to see what the outcome was i found out like right after it happened so all the court stuff was still going on but that's probably the closest thing that's happened like anything like that
0: damn um tell me your story what's your true crime story
2: a co-worker but I've never a uh, different location. Her husband was charged with murder. I don't know the whole story. Um, I do want to. Ask, so you, you you brought up. You're going to gloss over that. Whole
0: time <laughs> let's, of just fuck now, right, let's just gloss yeah, over coworker, murder.
2: Different location. No, uh, her husband's a murderer. Anyway, he, he was found not guilty 30 years later. So he was in prison. He was in the military. Yeah. Uh, raped and killed. it was alleged he raped and killed a woman. Um yeah, FBI wild. showed up at the location that she worked at. It
0: was wild. And you don't find this at all an interesting story to tell. You're just like, nah, not nah, whatever. I don't
2: it, there's not a lot of information on it. So it's it's hard to but it's I want to ask. So um you mentioned earlier, like obviously very interested in in this side of of darkness, whatever you want to call it. Um the dark arts. But you want to make sure you're cognizant of the victims you want to kind of absolutely tell it from the victims so how how do you how do you bring that to your show
1: well I discuss their life and their what they were what they did and make sure that you know that I get their name out there Mm -hmm. uh, that they're remembered that they're very much a part of the episode and not just a a statistic of the episode yeah you know I, I make sure to to bring that out and I don't Sensationalize the the killer's crimes. It's it's one of those things that it's more just fact based and tell the story, yeah. and yeah, not try to
2: glorify like, who that the killer is or
1: right or what they did right yeah. and 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 while what most some of their crimes most of their crimes are sensational by themselves, but there's a way that you can you know you you can tell it in a way that it's not it's not over dramatized. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's yeah. one of those things. So. I just try to keep it you know very I try to tell a story it's it's very story based but it's also very factual and to the point on the killer's crimes while remembering what the victims that, the, that there were victims of the story
0: yeah and I right. say like for like the handful of episodes that I have listened to like it, you do I don't want to say present uh, but maybe there's a little bit of a matter-of-fact presentation you know not right. like not I don't want to say neutral per se, but you know, coming off, as like, Hey, this is this person. This is what happened. And I'm going to explain you know, right. some things about it, but I do want to piggyback this a little bit. So as far as um, your show, like you said, by and large, you, at least for most of the episodes I've seen, you don't have a ton of guests on your show for the most part, like you are just podcasting by yourself. Does that did you always want to do that and was that like imit- like intimidating to get into as far as presenting content just you know without having any bounce back because you know we set this up like it's you know myself right. co-host so we have a lot of you know banter and things like that but i'm always interested in talking to especially other creators who do solo episodes and how that process works for you
1: so when i started my podcast it very much i wanted it to be solo hosted uh it's one of those things that now this is me personally now i don't i'm i'm speaking on on me i like single i like solo hosted po- podcasts. when it, especially when it comes to like true crime now if it's like comedy and stuff like that that's different but when it comes to true crime i like solo hosted podcasts. so so I very much script my episodes. So I do I do put out four episodes a month. Two are stories and two are aftermath episodes where I bring a guest on, right? <clears throat> so yeah. I do the, the episode and then I bring the guest on. So the episode that I that I do, it's scripted. And then the, the episode that I bring a guest on, it's just it's more like this where we just kind of chit chat yeah. back and forth. Yeah. We talk yeah. about the episode. And then, you know, it gives that podcaster a chance to my platform to be able to, you know, to say, you know, to try to get themselves out there. And it gives that, you know, they get to know me better because my show is so heavily scripted in one episode that it gives kind of gives my audience a chance to get to know me. They realize I can laugh because I don't laugh during my episodes. It's very serious. It's very, yeah, yeah.
0: it's. And I was going to say, like, as far as like it wasn't i was just kind of wondering how the interaction was gonna be but like honestly like as soon as you came on like we seemed to hit it off like right away like you do have a really great sense of humor and i was like but uh, honestly for your show you do talk such serious subject matter right it's presented in that you know kind of matter of fact fashion so and that's just part of
1: my personality when it comes to stuff like that i don't again this is just my personal preference when it comes to comedy and true crime, they don't go together. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. So Unless if it's my right aftermath, now. right. So my aftermath episodes are a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah. We can kind of chit chat, go back and forth, but the heavy lifting, so to speak for the episode has already been done. If you don't but, yeah. like the aftermath episode, that's fine. Wait for the right. next episode. I'm okay with that. you
2: had the factual, <laughs>
1: You've already had the episode. This is kind of just me talking to somebody about it, you know, discussing because there's a lot of different topics you can talk about in true crime, the nature versus nurture, uh, sociopaths, you know, psychopaths. Like there's, there's a lot of different stuff that you can talk about, but when it comes to the episode, that's where I wanted to be serious and my Mm -hmm. aftermath episode, it opens it up for this kind of dialogue bounce back and forth banter joke laugh a little bit talk about off the wall shit and then move on and that's all it is it's more or less and I I only started doing the aftermath episodes because I'm neurotic and I didn't want to miss out on downloads and I couldn't put out four episodes a month so I was like oh I'll do uh, a you know a scripted episode I'll bring a guest on I'll do a script and so it just kind of natural but but my audience seems to like it I it, it it the numbers are pretty even for the most part. Um, so it's one of those things that it just kind of stuck and it, and I enjoy it. It gives me a chance to talk to other people, connect with other people. I've met some really awesome people. You know, it's brought me to shows like yours to just sit down and bullshit and talk and people oh, get to know me.
0: We're counted you know? among awesome people now.
1: <laughs> well, not that? you, that guy, not you, though. Yeah. <laughs> me, me. <laughs> um, but no, it's. It's just one of those things. (laughs) (laughs) It's just one of those things. I like the serious tones. I like the nature. That's why I stay very monotone in my episodes. I don't like to try to inflect or, you know, show emotion because it's just it's just in my opinion, it shouldn't be shown. Mm -hmm. But that's just me.
2: Um, So I want to be respectful of time here. I mean, we're coming up on an hour. I I do have one more question for you, though. Uh, I got
1: all the time, man. I'm good. Oh sweet. We're, we're so you,
2: you you mentioned earlier your demographic kind of 30 to 45 year old woman. Um <laughs> it's my demographic too
0: there, brother.
2: <laughs> I feel like women gravitate towards true crime. And true. I I mean I I can't relate as and they a gravitate man. towards sexy men with glasses. So, what's uh, do,
1: do that's you, what I'm saying? We all right? got glasses, man. There right? we go.
2: <laughs> Not all <laughs>
0: Milf City, baby. There's,
2: uh, there's two sexy guys, though. You know, you that's can eat true. a fucking dick, Not brother. You. <laughs> um, do, do you find a reason or do you have a, a rationale as to why women tend to be more interested in true crime than men?
1: Okay. So, yes. And this is. <laughs> So something that I've learned, right? And this is and I just something that I've experienced over the last almost two years. So my podcast has been around for almost two years. It's one of those things that I didn't realize how and this is gonna sound whatever. I'm just gonna say it. I didn't realize how bad women have it. Okay. And yeah. by by how bad women have it, I mean If I'm sure your wife has told you, I'm sure that, you know, you've heard it from sisters, friends, whatever the case is where they've been harassed by men. They can't go out in public without, you know, having an exit strategy. I was just talking to somebody about this the other day on uh, another podcaster. She's like, yeah, I'm always constantly scanning for for what people are doing, where I can run to, how I can get away, like all these different things. Right. So I think why. I think women listen to true crime trying to learn to try to be ahead of the game. That's generally what I think it is. And it's something that I didn't realize that women experienced until I got into podcasting. And then Mm -hmm. I saw, I started seeing it with friends that I've met, you know, over the years, different social media posts, just talking, interacting with different women on the show, stuff like that. And I'm just like, like, even if you look at my aftermath episodes, like ninety percent of them are women. I think I've yeah. had maybe you,
0: you, yeah, uh, one or two this, men. I, I, the two aftermaths I listened to was both women. Mm-hmm. It was the one I mentioned before, and then, fuck, I'd have to actually because it was a while ago. This would have been like, oh, like early February or maybe late January. I listened to another episode, and there was a there was a young lady on there, but yeah i think you're right i mean you hit the nail on the head as far
2: as well think of serial killers in general i mean other than eileen warnos i can't think of any serial killer uh, that really yeah, targets and the, the, the vast majority men. of Crime crimes
0: are committed by, men. by men. Well, my,
2: so so my wife um she had mentioned she was she's actually going out to dinner tonight with her friend but the last time they went out to dinner there was some kind of creepy guy or whatever and she asked her friend about it and her friend was oblivious but my wife was like no i found this cue this cue this cue and i knew we could go this way to get out of here if we needed to or like
0: your wife might also be on the spectrum and we did discuss this though
2: right but <laughs> but but that's not it, even... it's even it's to your point like there she's <laughs> Apples always and oranges of, though of like the exit strategy or, or should I text someone that I'm going here just to know they know that I'm going here and I can tell them, you know, if something's going wrong and they know where I'm at.
1: Right. So my little sister, so I have a a little sister. She's there's 13 years difference between us. Right. Yep. I would say two, three weeks ago I was talking to her and she was telling me a story about how she went to Michael's to get some fabric or something. She was doing like an art project or something. And some weirdo started staring at her in the parking lot. And then he like just stood there and stared at her while she was in the car. So she called my mom and she's like, okay, she's like, I just want you to know this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And there's some weirdo staring at me. So she gets out of the car and she goes into the store. He follows her. So she starts walking through the like the middle sections trying to get away from him. And he's at the other end of the aisles following her. So they're like walking parallel. And so she like turned down an aisle trying to like disappear from him. And he turns to, you know, he finds her and she's like screaming on the phone. Like, I'm on the phone. This is where I'm at, like trying to make it obvious to this guy. And he would not fucking leave her alone. So finally, she had to go to the manager at the store and be like, Jesus, this fucking guy won't leave me alone. Like, can you please help me? And they escorted her out to her car so she could leave yeah. because this fucking weirdo wouldn't leave her alone. And it's like, and for anybody asking, we don't live in the same state as each other. Obviously, if she would have called me, it would have been a different story, but we don't live yeah. in the same that state. That would
0: be a different type of true crime that's called right. a dirt. <laughs> right. dirt.
1: Well, they wouldn't find his body and it would be allegedly right. See, allegedly, right. So, um, but that's the that's the reality is, is that women go through that kind of ridiculous shit all the time. And I'm not saying I'm innocent. I know I've stared at women too long or said something fucking inappropriate, cringy. Nothing you're not stalking like anyone this, right. never
0: said
2: anything right. inappropriate yeah. <laughs> right. but no I mean we I think we do take for granted as men the ability right. to
1: I can go I can go anywhere I want, anytime I want and do whatever I want, and I don't feel like I'm yeah. gonna be fucking killed,
2: yeah, and I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't get cat called right. Ever. right. Right. Like, there's no, there's no like awkward situations where someone's, right. I have, I have been cat called. Good for you. Whatever. No, like, it, it was,
0: uh, like, it doesn't matter. No, it was, it was, I mean, for me, it was just like, I'm not, you know. That hot, was before
1: yeah. we started recording. It's fine. I still love you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Look at you, girl. <laughs> this is, did you know this is the Korean heart? Like, we do heart like this, like heart. But Koreans, it's like that. That's good to know. It's hard,
2: sort of.
1: um, Heart. Oh, oh, my God!
0: Oh, so kawaii.
2: So you, you, you before we got started, you had mentioned um, you're starting a new project.
0: Yes, I am. Thank you for doing my job for me. You fuck. <laughs> you just flick my tit. I did. Oh, so talk about it kind
1: that. of try, it, it kind of what flicking his tit. I mean, no, I mean, no, don't talk about, talk about that. Your new
2: pro- your new project. <laughs> you can talk about it if you want. That's fine.
1: Uh, yeah so I am working on a project thanks for asking I'm working on currently I'm working on a series within the jury room I think it's going to end up being its own show but for right now it's just a series within the show itself yeah but it's called addicted and it's a series based around trying to break the stigma of addiction and addicts and so it's one of those things that I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough and I feel like addicts are very much seen as even in the true crime genre seen as second class citizens people Mm -hmm. who use drugs and alcohol not necessarily alcohol because alcohol is socially acceptable but drugs are are very much seen as a you know like it makes you less than same like it's a blight versus
2: being a disease and right
1: so I'm working on a series you know trying to Educate people on the history of drugs because, believe it or not, most drugs have been legal at one,
2: mm-hmm.
1: one for a or another long
2: time. F- <laughs> Why is Coca-Cola called
1: Coca-Cola? A long fucking time, right? So while ecstasy was legal in the eighties, it was a yep. um, it was used as for therapy. LSD yep. was legal. I just actually was watching a video before we got on about that. Um, but yeah, so I'm working on a series on that, and it's gonna be so I have it's going to be two episodes a week and plus I'm going to be putting on my true crime content too, because that's my audience, mm, but
0: busy, busy boy.
1: <laughs> so basically, but I'm, I'm working on, uh, so like the first episode is going to be on opium mm. and how the history on opium and where it began, because a lot of, you know, morphine, heroin, those kinds of drugs all came mm, from very normal. From back opium, in Right. So yeah. the opium den then...
0: was a big thing for a long time
1: right and then i'm also working on interviews so i've been talking to people who have been addicts or had substance abuse problems yeah and the crazy thing is, is and i don't think a lot of people realize is, is that it affects people from all walks of life so mm-hmm. every addict addiction doesn't look the same. has
2: there's no the addiction has no face so we were almost right. kind of talking about that earlier. so i'm, I'm a huge foo fighters fan um and their drummer passed away and now it's not been released the cause of death but he had ted yeah probably at the time and it's like you can be the richest person in the world you can be dirt poor addiction does not doesn't care discriminate
0: and i guess this is for your program so like by career i am an adolescent addiction counselor so -hmm. that's what i do professionally and especially working it's really passionate for me because like when I was younger I had such a big problem especially with like opiate painkillers that I don't want I know how early addiction can
1: right. set
0: in and how impactful that can be and it's not the biggest thing that as far as in training and treatment addiction is not a moral failing it's a biological failing right you know, your your body, physically changes your brain physically changes and it's there is so much heavy stigma and you have to understand it's like addicts are really sick people just as much as a cancer patient is a really sick person an addict right. is a really sick person but you wouldn't say oh you fucking have cancer you're super gross get the fuck out of here but it's like it's okay that, to say that if you're, you're, you're okay addict. to say that to a junkie though that's right. totally normal
1: but. So I want to extend an, an invitation to you, if that's something that you would like to come on and share, whether it be Listen, your if, story. If you would have me on, on addiction, I would, I would. I I would love to sit down and talk with you. So I, I I've got a whole range of people, right? And we've got I've I've so far I've talked to probably 15 people, and I've got like my whole month of March, April. And I think into May I've got interviews scheduled and I plan on starting to release these episodes starting May 1st. Right. So I've already got my introduction episode. I've got the first episode almost done recording and editing. I'm working on the second one and I've got a bunch of um, the interviews already edited so that way I can release them. But like I've talked to people who started using drugs when they were teenagers into their twenties. And then it, you know, it, it became something. Right. But then I've also talked to people who were, they were, they were getting their PhD. They were having kids, they were married, they were in an accident. And then they became addicted to to Oxy. I've talked Mm -hmm. to, you know, people who were married, they had a family, they had their own business. I mean, and then, Unfortunately, you know, one of their children died, and then it just kind of their life spiraled out of control. And and you know, so it's one of those things that I've talked to people from all different walks of life, from all different, you know. And then I've also talked to ex like experts, people who, mm-hmm. you know, are you know doing stuff like you do. Yep. And you, so it, it's one of those things that it, it it's really eye opening. I, I have substance abuse in my past. It's if I wouldn't, have got myself clean when I did, I was heading down that direction. I was, I was heading to that point. So I totally can relate. Never was a full blown addict, but substance abuse has been in my family. I have alcoholics on my mom and my dad's side. I've watched people, you know, kill themselves drinking. So it's one of those things that just kind of, I just want to break the stigma around it is yeah. basically yeah. trying to start a conversation about it.
2: That's a, that almost like on, un, un... Undid like not a repressed memory, but something that I haven't thought about in a while. Like I, I had a friend in high school. We were we were friends like in elementary school. Reconnected in high school. Lived like three blocks away from me. Um, would be over at their house for dinner. You know, this, that, and the third. I can't
0: know who you're talking about.
2: Maybe. Um, and then his mom divorced his dad, and, I mean, everything seemed normal. He was f- functioning. Um. But then read in the newspaper, like, person with the same name stole a car from uh, a dealership and crashed it and yeah. got arrested. And I talked to him at school, and he's like, yeah, he's like, that was my dad. He's like, yeah. I didn't think about it, but, like, all of a sudden, like, all the stuff in the house started getting sold mm-hmm. to pay mm. for the drugs. Yeah. And it's just like... It, your friend's dad can be the one that you know something happens and it just triggers
0: oh for sure yeah. i mean like we've had you know like i don't there was actually and i don't know if you remember him but there was he played drums in a band we had for a little bit but he ended up getting really big into drugs and he robbed a gas station with a sword yeah <laughs> yeah right. uh, yeah uh, yeah. he robbed a gas station Mekitana. with a sword yeah right. yeah he, he was locked up for. but it's it. like uh, it, it,
2: at, at that point your brain is just functioning yeah. based off of i need this yeah oh, we well, yeah. see And the crazy it, it, it part, overrides everything
1: right and see the crazy part is a, another conversation i want to start and is like alcohol as socially acceptable as it is mm-hmm. it's probably the worst thing and i, I yeah. by no means am judging anybody who drinks it right gotta, but it's yep. it's not again this is not <laughs> <laughs> this is this yeah is not, this, 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 this is not based on what you do like i don't give a like, shit if you guys drink that's your guys' choice right but there's a lot of people out there who drink because they don't have options right oh certainly so with so with that being said Like I'm not a big drinker. I used to drink a lot when I was younger, but I think it was just that from that social aspect of it. But Mm -hmm. uh but I'm not a big drinker. But if weed was legal, I'd fucking smoke it. If you know if other drugs were legal, it depends where you are. Well, but that's just it though. I work in an industry where even though it's like where I'm at, it's legal that matter recreationally and uh, medically, but not not on the federal level, not, right? Not
0: not for your employer. <clears throat> but that. with that
1: being said, with with drugs, they're illegal. People know that for the most part, right. all of them are illegal. Okay, right. but that doesn't stop people from using them, mm-hmm. right? No, no. My opinion, they should be legal. That's yeah. just my opinion, because if they were legal people and not just from the aspect of all oh, the government can tax it because fuck the government but I no like they can the regulate it, it and it can be but they can regulate it yeah you know it's, what's it's in not
2: it. dirty <laughs> fentanyl laced whatever and the right
1: exactly
0: thing is by decriminalizing and this is actually something if you want to read into it look at like portugal and their decriminalization right they there was such a massive massive drug problem in the late 90s early 2000s in portugal so they just said fuck it, we're going to legalize everything, and we're going to treat this essentially as a public health crisis. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, if you are possessing, there's no crime for that. If you're using, there's no crime for that. But you treat it the same way that you would treat public intoxication or cancer uh, or whatever. Like, oh, you have, right. a, you have a health condition, so we're going to get you in a hospital, we're going to get you treatment, and their incarceration and their addiction rates plummeted once they legalized. I mean... Are like there still is a problem with addiction there. Uh, Europe in general has higher substance abuse rates right. than a lot of the civilized world, but fell ma- I mean, we're talking they were having I, I want to say close to 30 percent like adult incarceration rates down to I think it's like about five percent
1: now. Right. And that's the other thing, and I'm not saying right, so like crimes that are you know, DWIs, DUI, stuff like that, still crime. Yeah, Distributing prosecuted. still a crime, you know. If you're still doing
0: well, knock crimes, out those simple possessions,
1: but but possession using like how many kids' lives would be saved mm-hmm. because their friends would oh, be yeah. able to feel like they're they they could call 911 to save their friends' lives, mm-hmm. yep. right? Like yep. one of my friends growing up before I was 21 almost died from alcohol poisoning because we drank so much, but we were so afraid to call the cops, you know, yep. to call anybody because we're to get in trouble right that we nursed him back to health now was yeah. that the this, this that was the dumbest thing we could have done right but we were kids yeah. and we were afraid of getting in trouble right mm-hmm. so it's one of those things that i think instead of criminalizing people and putting people in prison that we need to educate people on drug mm-hmm. use and and you know how to properly use them if you're going to shoot up heroin have somewhere to shoot it up and not worry about getting in trouble but have someone there to where if you overdose, they can save your life. Let's it's, Canada
2: it's, does something like that. I think where I mean, I know they give out clean needles. Right, we do that so here too.
1: I, some there's states. some places here. We right, do that not here everywhere.
0: Personally, oh, do we? Yeah, where we're at, they do. You can, oh. get, you can go into a number. You can go into any hospital or any clinic, and some doctors' offices. And there's some designated drop-off sites. And you can just say, "I would like hypodermic needles or condoms." I mean honestly right. get both. Um, right. And yeah, they'll, they'll give them to you. No questions asked.
1: And that's smart. I think that's the way it should be. And yeah. they've started to, in certain areas, you know, test uh, psilocybin mushrooms, mm-hmm. you know, be microdosing with LSD and yeah. stuff yeah. like these. And these are all things yeah, that. Been some stuff with you know,
0: ketamine recently. Yeah. Right.
1: I know, you know Canada so there's, does there's, the
2: mushrooms. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of things that we're going in the right direction as far as mm-hmm. drug use, because the reality is, is just say no, the war on drugs, dare, it mad, failed. all this it bullshit. Massively. It's, all, it's right. It's all so, just bullshit.
2: The conspiracy side of me though, is, is okay. about to jump in here. Yep. It is. No. And, and I think it, it'd be curious to see how our decriminalization. Run that that was a weird way. <laughs> 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 decriminalization would occur because I, I think there's a lot of tie in between CIA cartel or is that is that just a stigma or a, a made up boogeyman for... no it's
0: not made up but it's not active right now yeah but yeah I mean you're talking in the 80s yeah I mean the CIA definitely funded a bunch of shit with funded drugs. a bunch of drugs coming into this country yeah Now that's not actively the case now but
1: but why would it be active now we have big pharma pushing bullshit onto us constantly oh, well, yeah.
2: there was that uh, Hulu Series oh, about so that's where uh, that's
1: actually where I got the inspiration for my series. It was okay. called Dope Sick, right? Yeah, and yeah. It was on the opioid crisis, and they and,
2: they lied and said that it, you know, it didn't really cause that much yeah. of an issue.
1: Only it's, like listen, eight fucking billion dollars that they've been judged to pay, and they're like, oh, right. that's too much money. And the and only they're reason still why rich, right? And there's the only reason why they're paying that much is so none of the Sackler family goes to jail for it. Mm-hmm. Fuck that family. They deserve yep. to die. They are bigger drug pushers than the cartel. Yeah, and, they get to keep
2: their money. Oh, for sure. Right there. Absolutely.
1: So there's this There's this documentary. If you guys are into watching documentaries on HBO, it's called uh, Crime of the Century. And it's on Purdue Pharma and also fentanyl. Yeah. It's basically on the pharma industry or whatever, right? Yeah. So there was this guy they found in Florida, and they were looking for people to be to so you're be, about to be wit-
0: you're going to be witness to something really special right you now. can keep going I just you can keep the talking <laughs> it's actually been a while so we're gonna run the bit back entirely so my co-host the dingus on average now this is a little late for him but in a one-hour episode if he can get through it without peeing six times, we're going to call that a success. <laughs> he has the bladder the size of a quarter. I've never seen an adult male <laughs> piss as much as him. And honestly, the only saving grace at this point is that we have a bathroom like
1: two seconds 10 away. Feet away
0: from where we record. Right. So you are in for this is a rare treat for our guests that they actually made it out of the first Twenty minutes without him pissing.
1: Well, that's good then. That means I, I was keeping him entertained. You were, but,
0: yeah, you were keeping him well engaged and right. urine free.
1: But so this can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this documentary, right? They they cover. Uh, Purdue Pharma and and OxyContin, and there was this guy in Florida. They were looking for people who they could push to the FDA, saying, "Oh, people aren't getting addicted to it."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he was the heroin addict, and so there was a uh, there was an OxyContin rep in Florida, and she had found a doctor willing to prescribe. And medication, Purdue Pharma was paying for the, his medication, for his, his his prescriptions. So this was right around the time when Oxycontin, when, when Purdue Pharma came out with 160 milligram Oxycontins. Yeah. They had the this guy. Bangers. And I, I still can't, you're, you guys are going to shit yourself right now. I'm not even joking. They had him, they prescribed him 22 to 25, 160 milligram Oxycontins twice a day. What? Not once, twice a day. So there, he was taking upwards of fifty, hundred and sixty milligram Oxycontins twice a day. How is he alive? Like, he was. He already had and he already had a tolerance to opium yeah. and opium. Well, you have to be, well, I, have to I,
0: be totally opium yeah, tolerant at that right. point,
1: right? So, and they were able to push this guy that he was a poster child for Purdue Pharma, saying, "Well, look." He's taking 50 uh, Oxycontins a day, he's fine. 160 milligrams, and he's not dying. He's not addicted to it. Yeah, It's upwards. It was him. like almost 300 hits of heroin was the equivalent.
0: Jesus Christ. I was going to say, like, yeah, I mean, if you're taking, like, you know, like an eight ball horse a day, then like, right. yeah, Oxy isn't going to do shit to you. Bro. I don't even know how he
1: had time to do anything else. I'd, you would just be swallowing 50 fucking pills right. all day and then you'd go going to sleep. Like, what else would you be hell, doing? Yeah
0: i've heard some crazy stories about like big pill poppers like there was a rolling stone wrestlers that well big time for sure yeah you want to get like dark side of the ring great documentary series but talks a lot about that but i read an article years ago in rolling stone it was an interview with eminem and he was talking about like how he would like per day he would do like 50 vicodin and like 50 xanax and like drink a shit ton and so like i'm like an ambient yeah, that
1: just... was back when yeah ambient ambient, yeah on. that was another thing too yeah. Yeah, you can
0: do the ambient and i'm like how do you have time to like be productive like that's <laughs> just
2: inconvenient at a certain right. point let's i so so kind of going back to the dope stick i i my wife watched it all the way through i've i've watched a little bit of it but like the first scene or one of the first scenes it's just like oh I've got this pill that's going to create us so much more wealth. Like it was literally all about the money. Oh yeah, it's about money,
0: for sure.
1: It's all they created a whole new "quote unquote" vital sign. So they created what is called the fifth vital sign, which is your pain, pain management. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So when oxycontin first hit the market, doctors at the time were struggling with malpractice, mm-hmm. and with a lot of patients saying that they weren't being treated correctly. And granted, malpractice was probably running rampant at the time, but Purdue Pharma created this drug. So they were giving Oxycontin to anybody and everybody. We're talking, Mm -hmm. oh, you got a pain in your arm? Give them Oxycontin. You got a pain in your back? Give them Oxycontin. Mm -hmm. And Purdue Pharma was able to convince the FDA that Oxycontin wasn't addictive, that it, yeah. there was no side effects or that it was something well, because
0: like before that it was morphine was the right. like that was all, like you were doing morphine or blotted
2: well even in right. the in the the show they talk about how they got the black mark on on oxy by the FDA but like the way it was worded by the FDA was like a po- not not positive but it wasn't like the death sentence apparently like the black label is the death sentence for medication right. but yeah. it's like it said like oh yeah this but like, you can still yeah. push this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, the Purdue Pharma, the Sackler family, and Oxycontin single handedly has destroyed a lot of people's Millions lives. Millions of lives. Yeah. Millions yeah, of they lives. are the
0: devil. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah, like, I talked talk to. Like, Kickstarter the opioid addiction. That's it. The, 100% is it.
1: I, I interviewed somebody who was uh an ER nurse in Ohio at the time during the early 2000s. And yeah. she said, literally, she said before Oxy really took off. She said she'd maybe seen overdose once, twice a week, if yeah. that. She was seeing overdoses four, five, six a night yeah. on of people just overdosing on OxyContin.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's it's medical heroin. Oh, for sure, for sure. Just like Especially. like
1: like Adderall. Adderall is legal meth. You know what it's, I mean? It, yeah. That's it's, yeah. It is amphetamines. It, yeah, yeah. It's gross. The. Big Pharma is, is a disgusting industry and it's all about the money. And that's yeah. why I think if you legalized street drugs, yeah, it might not be any better than Big Pharma, but at least people have choices. People have right. options. People know what they're getting. Like, you don't know what the fuck they're putting in these prescriptions. Yeah. The and FDA you're not is being, a joke.
2: Yeah. You're
0: not being punished for it
2: is a right. big thing, I think. Well, and, and, and not being punished for it because... Like, like, like we said. I mean, Adderall is meth, right? right. I mean, oh, a hundred percent. Oxy is essentially heroin, oh, yeah. right? right? It's just one has a doctor's script and the other doesn't. But right. there's the stigma of, you know, oh, you're a fucking heroin addict, you're a piece of yeah. shit, right? Where Grandpa Jones is is popping, you know, twenty oxy and it's cool.
1: Right. it's cool. He's been prescribed by by his doctor. Yeah. It's fine. Right.
2: It's all good. It's all yeah.
1: good. So.
0: Um, so we're getting I think we're dialing down here, but we like to end every episode. We're gonna do a hard turn end with on this. A positive note, we're gonna end on a real positive note that doesn't have anything to do with addiction, kind of, and nothing to do with true crime, kind of, but we have a game for you today. So every episode we do like to end with a game for our guest, which I I have right here. scares me. So, (laughs) today, we are recording on March 31st, and in my search for fun things to talk about today, I found that today is National Tater Day. So, we are going to talk Uh about... Taters. We are going to talk about potatoes. So, I have a bracket, head-to-head matchup.
2: I was... I was waiting for like a serial killer bracket or we're something. We're not doing that because <laughs> that's
0: too much of a bummer, you fuck. Got two on the nose. <laughs> we're gonna do the top sixteen potato dishes, and we're gonna find out what is your favorite potato dish.
1: Oh, all right. Oh. <laughs> oh, listen,
0: it was either that or like Cesar Chavez. Day, and I'm like, I don't have enough Cesar Chavez trivia to run by this guy.
1: I love potatoes anyway, so it's fine. Like me and right, potatoes yeah. are, are like my two major food groups.
2: Viva La Raza. <laughs> Viva <laughs> La Raza.
0: All right. So we got the top 16 matchups. No particular order. These are going to be head to head matchups. And as far <laughs> as whichever you would prefer. So typically how we do this when we have guests on the show, whatever the guest decides is going to win for the bracket, but I let this cool guy weigh in on his two cents as far as whatever he thinks about things. We will argue. This is going to be the biggest arguments we're going to have on this show, but it's always mm, 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 a good time. So the top 16 potato matchup for Nash mashup. The top sixteen matchup. wasn't even on
2: purpose. It wasn't. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna roll with it. Number one, do you prefer baked potatoes or mashed potatoes?
1: Oh, that is a fucked up that's a fucked first round. Up. That is a that's fucked up number first one round. versus number
0: one. Yeah, listen, we're yeah we're growing heavy. That's pal, like a that's
1: a fucking one seed versus one seed right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: we got Kansas Duke right now. <laughs>
1: I could liter- literally justify picking both of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. pick one.
1: All right, baked potatoes.
0: I agree with that. You got the baked potatoes. Yeah. See, I personally would go mashed, but again, it's a, it's a hard. I've had decision. so
2: much mashed potatoes that like That's a baked fair. is like a special. Yeah. well, you get like a, a steak but, and uh, a baked, baked potato. potato.
1: And you covered in cheese. The outside is yeah. covered in salt. You got butter, yeah. sour cream, chives, bacon. You can't go wrong.
2: No sour cream, but I agree oh, with the rest. He's, Yeah, he's, he's, he's the a no fu- sour cream guy.
1: You know what? This whole thing was going good until that point. That is the point. <laughs> and I there we are. We're back on I don't, don't want to be here anymore. Good talking to you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, that's a- <laughs> okay, All right. well, that's a wrap. This isn't my show, but I'm <laughs> <fucking right>. <laughs> Oh, that's a wrap. <laughs>
0: Uh we got another, I think, grade A matchup here. Do you prefer a potato chip or a French fry?
2: French that's fry. Easy for me. French fry, yeah. yeah. Especially a fresh cut. Right. Is it? I mean, chips are all right though like hey oh they're not bad
0: chips and dip don't knock the potato chip. i'm not saying, chip, okay? I'm, not
1: saying uh, I'm not knocking the potato chip but easily hands down french fries mm-hmm.
0: french fries dunking. are you a vinegar yeah, or no a, vinegar what's your chip flavor
2: or is that
1: an uh, us thing?
0: Or, no, no 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 that's french talking fries. The french fries do you, do you do, put oh, you do no. the, the malted vinegar yeah that's a that's like a big east coast
1: thing that's a that's a negative no yeah I, it's I, fucked up i i'm exactly on the opposite side of that one no that's gross ketchup uh No. I like French. I like I, if, if I eat any kind of topping, I, I like like cheese fries are good or uh, ranch. I like ranch with my fries.
0: Ranch is a good
2: one. Cheesy ranch fries.
1: Right. Exactly. I'm on
2: board for that.
1: Right.
0: Um, Here's an underrated condiment. And I will challenge actually both of you to try if you have not done it. Honey mustard and fries.
1: Yeah. It is not actually pretty good. Honey mustard. Yeah, you gotta really be in the mood for honey mustard, though.
0: Well, you gotta be in the mood for it. But I'm saying, as far that's as like, like a Chick fried... Fil A sauce over honey mustard, Chick Fil A sauce does smack, though. I you mean, know they're what, racist we and have... homophobic as fuck, but <laughs> mm, that sounds good.
1: Go ahead. All right, that's what's the next one. <laughs> yeah, he's
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> you hit it on the head there. All right. Uh,
1: okay. So funny story. So I had a family member who totally blew their life up. At Chick-fil-A so I have I have a gigantic family so this is somebody I, I don't necessarily have a relationship with he, he's just a part of my family though so very much Christian oriented type shit right well uh, he he was and then he wasn't anyways he was like a CFO of a company right so he, he goes to Chick-fil-A records himself throwing a glass of water at the girl in the the drive through because of Chick-fil-A's beliefs, right? Huh. And ends up like losing his job, like Ooh. gets fired like no <laughs> he longer like his whole life. Up. Whole, like he he went fucking viral. He made himself go viral and lost everything.
0: But was it worth it? Probably mm, not.
1: I'm not. No, no. I'm he probably regrets it. <laughs>
0: tock. <Tick-tock.
1: laughs> All right.
0: Do you prefer tater tots or a hash brown
2: it's so similar they are but they are different like do you're you, talking mcdonald's hash brown do you want little
0: tots well it can either be a mcdonald's hash brown or like when you go to a diner and you get the hash browns
1: let's see that's the uh, that's mm-hmm. for breakfast hash browns for if I'm not in, the I'm saying one first, has to and...
0: cease to exist in entirety, in perpetuity. Oh, there can either that's... never be a tater okay, tot again, or they can never be a hash brown.
1: <laughs> uh, I guess I would go with I, I would prefer tater tots over hash browns. I'll
0: go with that. You're a big tots guy, though. Huge tot guy. I'm a big old tot guy. All right, this is gonna be a little. I know where my mindset is, but I'm interested to see yours. Do you prefer home fries or potato pancakes?
1: Home price.
0: Home price. See, like my whole whole Polish juice showing here, but I, I feel know. like you
1: and
2: I are on like this. This we I know. got to say like
1: I feel like if you only like sour cream, we could actually be friends. We'd be friends. best friends. Yeah. Right, but since yeah. you don't like sour cream, I feel like so At this point, it's just a wash. maybe.
2: Maybe this will help. If sour cream's mixed into it, I'll I'll probably eat it. But I can't just have a dollop of daisy on top.
1: Oh man, I I can, sour I can cre- I, I still it doesn't it, it doesn't make it better, man. I, I feel like you have to have sour cream on your baked potato. That is like a you must. don't have to you no, don't no you, you can you really have ranch do. instead of sour okay. cream. Okay, mm. so for the people who are listening or listening to this, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Please let us know. Do give, us your, cream? give us your give us your take can on I,
2: sour cream. Can I sub ranch for sour cream? Is no, that okay? you can't.
1: No, what? But you can add sour cream on a ranch on top of your sour cream though.
2: Yeah, you can Why not act. just make the, the ranch with sour cream?
1: True, that is true. So, would you I if I just like put ranch, ranch seasoning? Valley. If
2: I put ranch seasoning in sour cream, would you just eat it? So that's what my mom does, essentially for vegetable dip, and I eat it. I just that... hate the flavor of like pure sour cream. It's it's so it's like Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt, I don't want good, tang. <laughs> Yeah, everybody, I mean, I had, everybody I likes got, Tang. I got a Crunchwrap Supreme with no tomato and no sour cream today and I demolished it because fuck sour cream and fuck tomatoes
1: uh, I can agree with the fuck see we are friends you need to like sour cream so we can be friends you just need to like get past it why this. can't we be friends <laughs> alright what's the next one man? get to the next one
0: getting bullied here jesus christ all right would you rather have now these are a little more these last eight are going to be a little more eccentric so i do want to see where you guys fall on this would you rather have potato salad or potatoes al gratin
1: al gratin potatoes
2: i would go potato salad personally well guess wins on this one and like i mean like
0: potato salad's okay but i mean potatoes are German potato salad i didn't say German potato
2: salad I said potato salad. I know. I haven't had au gratin in forever. Potato au gratin. Fucking it is good. My mom used to make scallop potatoes a lot.
1: Yeah. Ooh, I like scallop potatoes too. Which is basically like au gratin, it's, it's right? The same, it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, here's going to go a little European with this one. Would you rather have gnocchi or kugel?
1: Uh, I don't know what either of those are. So,
0: gnocchi is the little potato pastas you get oh, at the Italian okay. restaurant. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kugel is the little German, German noodly things. things.
1: The first I go one. Kugel.
0: There you go. Gnocchi wins. I, it's oh, listen, it's gnocchi wins. like, gnocchi is the shit. All right. Would you rather have potato bread or potato buns or potato skins?
1: Potato skins. Easy. Yeah. Because you can have sour cream on them. Or dip them in ranch.
2: (laughs) Or dip them in ranch. (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: I'm ordering my skins with no sour cream. I'm ordering my skins with no sour cream.
0: Uh, It's like, I like a good potato bun, but like, I mean, I'll take a Hawaiian roll over a potato bun. True. For sure. I'll I'll take a brioche over a potato bun. Potato skins goes. And it's going to be an interesting one. Potato cakes, the little, you know, you get the little potato cakes. Isn't that a latka? It's not really a vodka, but I feel like I know the winner here potato vodka. I mean,
1: probably, I guess I would go with potato vodka.
0: Come on. Like, we right. got, that's a clear winner there. Listen, uh, potato cakes are apparently. I promise, though, potato
1: vodka is not going to make it to the end, though.
0: No, it's not. No, no, but listen, it made it out of the first round. <laughs> so, Slavi
2: Ukrainian, that's seven seed one.
0: Listen, listen, St. Mary's is going all the way.
2: All right, down to the. This is going to get tough now. Yeah. Elite it is.
0: Would you rather have a baked potato or a French fry? Oh, that one's easy.
1: Oh, baked potato. Wow! i I would take but i i do love good i love french fries too though that but a baked potato man is is
0: it's it is
2: classic it's a classic move Mm -hmm.
0: gotta get that baked potato loving i
2: won't hold it against you
0: okay would you rather have a tater tot or a home fry home fry oh we're having it you you guys can have words for a minute.
2: He's we were really good friends until right now. Well,
1: no, we weren't friends because of sour cream. Oh, so that's at right. Sorry, <laughs> <point, laughs>
2: that's right. we, were, friend, friend, we're, we were friends we're yeah, yeah, just no, fucking sour okay. cream. Tater tots are way.
0: We don't better even have to. Fries.
1: We don't even have to talk to each other anymore. We can just talk through him now. It's fine.
0: Yeah, no, it's fine. We'll just have intermediaries. Right. You know, <laughs> right. This right? As far as like home fries, my favorite is like the potatoes O'Brien, where you got a little potatoes, with potatoes the, O'Brien, with peppers and onions. So good. That's my shit, homie. Roll it. Would you rather have potatoes au gratin or gnocchi?
1: Potatoes au gratin.
2: Au gratin. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I do make a smack in gnocchi, though.
2: No one asked.
1: Yeah, we really didn't ask.
0: Fuck you, buddy. What's the next <laughs> Listen, one? I see you once. If we're lucky, twice a year. <laughs> I got to spend a week on week basis with this guy. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna start doing it every other week. Well, no, we didn't because we're
2: popular now. Yeah. So yeah. Go to the next one. You're welcome. Go to the next <laughs> one.
0: No, I
1: don't. Please, want to, no, let's no. No. I don't no. wanna. No, let's talk
2: let's...
0: about let's talk about your feelings. Would you rather have potato skins oh. or potato vodka? Yeah, I like potato skins. Potato
1: Skin. skins. That's yeah. not yeah. even a question. Yeah. no, it's not close. No.
0: Now, would you rather have a baked potato or some home fries? Baked potato baked potato. We're back on track. Back on track. And potatoes Al Grotten or potato skins?
1: Oh. <laughs> oh.
0: I'd go skins. Personally.
1: <laughs> go Al Gr- potatoes.
0: Al Grotten wins. Al Groton wins. And then for the final matchup, baked or Al Grotten. Baked potato or potatoes Al Grotten? Oh. Dude, you fucked this bracket up. Listen. In no particular order. I can feel like the inside's hurting here. No, I'm, going, like, I'm going, I'm going
2: baked on that uh, I mean, the, the cheesy goodness of the agratin is one thing. But if you core out the baked potato and then you put the ranch in cream. the crispy shell, <laughs> sour cream. If you put the sour cream in the crispy shell and then <laughs> crunch down on the crispy shell, it's like having a baked potato and a potato skin all in one. <sighs>
1: You know what? I can't argue with that logic. The cheesy goodness of all and potatoes are it's delicious, but I have I think I have to go with baked potato. There's just something nostalgic about mm-hmm. baked potatoes, like it's right, home. It's home, right? right. The, it's very comforting. Know, it, it
0: was my personal pre-poll pick. I'm like, oh, baked potatoes got to like, dung on this one. I would have said fries would have won, but baked potato, it is. Kev, thanks for. Thank hanging you. out, you are dealing us. with us. Be sure, plug where the people can find you.
1: Absolutely. So you can find me on most social media platforms at Jury Room Podcast. You can find me on wherever you're listening to the show, except for YouTube. I am not on YouTube yet, but uh you can find it a jury or uh the jury room podcast, a, a true crime podcast. The jury room, a true crime podcast is the correct search term because I'm an idiot, apparently um if you want to reach out to me about the addicted series that i am working on you can reach out to me Podcast at gmail.com if you have any case suggestions anything like that reach out and tell me how stupid you think these two are no i'm just kidding um
0: you can do that though that's fine that's
1: <laughs> uh no you can reach out to me Podcast at gmail.com We talking about true crime addiction whatever you guys want to talk about but you can you guys can reach out and yeah, thanks for having me. I've I had no idea what to expect, but you guys are awesome and I, I appreciate thank you. you guys having you were me.
0: awesome as well. Oh man, it's been it's been an awesome, it's been an awesome time. So Guys, be sure to give us also like and follow. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Jake Show. Just a reminder, we normally stream live at 6.30 Eastern. You can find us on the subreddit. The You Show. New episodes typically come out every other Thursday. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever. You get your content. So go yeah, the podcast. We value and appreciate